You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on my book, Sustainable Frontiers, Unlocking Change Through Business, Leadership and Innovation. The Principle of Circularity in CSR 2.0 The reason CSR 1.0 has failed is not through lack of good intent, not even through lack of effort. The old CSR has failed because our global economic system is based on a fundamentally flawed design. For all the miraculous energy unleashed by Adam Smith's invisible hand of the free market, our modern capitalist system is faulty at its very core. Simply put, it is conceived as an abstract system without limits. As far back as the 1960s, pioneering economist Kenneth Boulding called this a cowboy economy, where endless frontiers imply no limits on resource consumption or waste disposal. By contrast, he argued we needed to design a spaceship economy where there is no away, where everything is engineered to constantly recycle. In the 1990s, The Ecology of Commerce, a book by Paul Hawken, translated these ideas into three basic rules for sustainability. Waste equals food, nature runs off current solar income, and nature depends on diversity. Hawken also proposed replacing our product sales economy with a service lease economy, famously using the example of interfaces, evergreen carpets that are leased and constantly replaced and recycled. William McDonough and Michael Braungart have extended this thinking in their cradle-to-cradle industrial model. Cradle-to-cradle is not only about closing the loop on production, but about designing for good, rather than the CSR 1.0 modus operandi of less bad. Hence, CSR 2.0, circularity, would, according to circular economy aspirations, create buildings that, like trees, produce more energy than they consume and purify their own wastewater, or factories that produce drinking water as effluent, or products that decompose and become food and nutrients, or materials that can feed into industrial cycles, such as high-quality raw materials for new products. Circularity doesn't only apply to the environment. Business should be constantly feeding and replenishing its social and human capital, not only through education and training, but also by nourishing community and employee well-being. CSR 2.0 raises the importance of meaning in work and life to equal status alongside ecological integrity and financial viability. Practical steps to increase circularity include 1. Conducting life cycle impact assessments on all significant products and services to understand their cradle-to-cradle impacts. 2. Embracing product footprinting and labelling techniques, such as Tesco has done with carbon labelling and Patagonia has done with its footprint chronicles. 3. Providing or partnering to provide product take-back, recycling and upcycling schemes, such as Phoneback does with mobile phones and Fuji Xerox does with printers. 4. Publicly committing to BHAGs, 
big, hairy, audacious goals, what Interface calls Mission Zero, the sportswear industry calls the Race to Zero, and John Elkington calls the Zero Noughts Revolution. And five, working to create industrial ecology parks, where waste output from one process is designed to be resource inputs into another process, as is the case with the town Kullenberg in Denmark. Making the shift to transformative CSR. Revolutions involve transition. What markers can we expect to see on the transformational road? Well, paternalistic relationships based on philanthropy between companies and communities must give way to more equal partnerships. Defensive, minimalist responses to social and environmental issues are replaced with proactive strategies and investment in growing responsibility markets such as clean technology. As reputation-conscious public relations approaches to CSR lose credibility, Companies are judged on actual social, environmental and ethical performance. Are things getting better on the ground in absolute, cumulative terms? How might these shifting features manifest as CSR practices? Well, CSR will no longer be limited to luxury products and services, as the current green and fair trade options are. Instead, it will grow to encompass affordable solutions for those who need quality-of-life improvements. For example, the way Nestle has fortified their popularly positioned products, like the Maggi range, and Danone has fortified their yogurts in partnership with the Grameen Group. Investment in social enterprises that are self-sustaining will be favoured over checkbook charity For example, there are 235 organizations from 58 countries that now support the World Toilet Organization. One of them, Index Award, the world's biggest design award body, helped to design a Sunny Shop franchise to brand and design flat pack sanitation products for scaling up distribution in the developing world. CSR indexes that currently rank a limited set of large companies will make way for CSR rating systems that translate social, environmental, ethical and economic performance into corporate scores similar to credit ratings, which can be employed by analysts and others in their decision-making. Hence, the Global 100 Most Sustainable Corporations in the World Ranking is much less useful for investors than MSCI's ESG ratings, based on analysts reviewing more than 500 data points and scoring more than 100 indicators to score companies on a 9-point scale from AAA to C. Reliance on CSR departments will diminish as responsibility and sustainability performance is incorporated into organizational appraisal and market incentive systems. This is one of 10 steps to embed sustainability within an organization of the Prince's Accounting for Sustainability project. For example, the Argentine confectionery company Arco includes sustainability in the performance appraisals of all their top management. And Excel Energy links bonuses to carbon reduction and, and safety performance. 
CSR 2.0 companies will choice edit, in other words, cease to offer less ethical products, thus allowing guilt-free shopping. For example, British retailer Iceland adopted a policy of GMO-free for all its food products, while the body shop has a no-animal testing policy for all of its cosmetics products. Other examples include Unilever, McDonald's and Nestle, as well as the country of Belgium, which have all committed to sourcing only Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil or RSPO Certified Palm Oil by 2015. Post-use liability for products will become obsolete as the service, lease and take-back economy becomes mainstream. Interface was one of the pioneers when it offered its evergreen lease carpets so that all maintenance and recycling was the company's responsibility. A more recent example is Zipcar, the world's largest car sharing and car club service, which provides an alternative to traditional car rental and car ownership. In the electronics industry, Cisco and others have take-back and recycle schemes to close the loop on production. Web 2.0 connected social networks that facilitate crowdsourcing will replace periodic meetings of cumbersome stakeholder panels. For example, General Electric used Confederate's sustainability expert crowdsourcing platform to get critical feedback on its corporate citizen report before it was finalized and published. GlaxoSmithKline used the open source wiki principle to create its patent pool for tropical diseases. Wikirate allows stakeholders to publicly and dynamically update their views on organizations' sustainability performance. CSR 1.0 management systems, standards like ISO 14001, will be replaced with or complemented by new performance standards, such as those emerging in climate change, that set absolute limits and thresholds. The problem with process standards is that organizations set their own voluntary and often unambitious targets, irrespective of the scale and urgency of the challenge. By contrast, standards like SA8000 and carbon neutral or water neutral or zero waste set quantified minimum performance requirements. Decoding the new DNA of business. All of these visions of the future imply such a radical shift from the current model of CSR that they beg the question, do we need a new model of CSR? Academic Archie Carroll's enduring CSR pyramid with its Western cultural assumptions, static design and wholesale omission of environmental issues is no longer fit for purpose. Even the emphasis on social and corporate social responsibility implies a rather limited view of the agenda. So what might a new model look like? The CSR 2.0 model proposes that we keep the acronym but balance the scales. CSR comes to stand for Corporate Sustainability and Responsibility. This change acknowledges that sustainability with its roots in the environmental movement and responsibility with its roots in the social activist movement are the two main games in town. A cursory look at companies' non-financial reports will rapidly confirm this. They are mostly either corporate sustainability or corporate responsibility reports. CSR 2.0 also proposes a new interpretation of the terms. 
like two intertwined strands of DNA, sustainability and responsibility can be thought of as different yet complementary elements of CSR. Hence, sustainability should be seen as a destination, the challenge, vision, strategy and goals that we are aiming for, while responsibility is about the journey, the solutions, responses, management and actions that show us how to get there. The DNA of CSR 2.0 represents a new holistic model of CSR. The essence of the CSR 2.0 DNA model are the four DNA responsibility bases, which are like the four nitrogenous bases of biological DNA, sometimes abbreviated to the four letters GCTA, which was the inspiration for the 1997 science fiction film Gattaca. In the case of CSR 2.0, the DNA responsibility bases are value creation, good governance, societal contribution, and environmental integrity. Hence, if we look at value creation, it is clear that we're talking about more than financial profitability. The goal is economic development, which means not only contributing to the enrichment of shareholders and executives, but improving the economic context in which a company operates, including investing in infrastructure, creating jobs, providing skills development, and so on. There can be any number of KPIs, but I want to highlight two that I believe are essential. Beneficial products and inclusive business. Does the company's products and services really improve our quality of life or do they cause harm or add to the low-quality junk of what Charles Handy calls the Shindugu Society? And how are the economic benefits shared? Does wealth trickle up or down? Are employees, SMEs in the supply chain and poor communities genuinely empowered? Good governance is another area that is not new, but in my view has failed to be properly recognized or integrated in CSR circles. The goal of institutional effectiveness is as important as more lofty social and environmental ideals. After all, if the institution fails or is not transparent and fair, this undermines everything else that CSR is trying to accomplish. Trends in reporting, but also other forms of transparency like social media and brand or product-linked public databases of CSR performance, will be increasingly important indicators of success, alongside embedding ethical conduct in the culture of companies. Tools like KPMG's Integrity Thermometer and Covalence's Ethical Quote will become more prevalent. Societal contribution is an area that CSR is traditionally more used to addressing with its goal of stakeholder orientation. This gives philanthropy its rightful place in CSR as one tile in a larger mosaic, while also providing a spotlight for the importance of fair labor practices. It is simply unacceptable that there are more people in slavery today than there were before it was officially abolished in the 1800s, just as regular exposures of high-brand companies for the use of child labor are despicable. This area of stakeholder engagement, community participation, and supply chain integrity remains one of the most vexing and critical elements of CSR. 
Finally, environmental integrity sets the bar way higher than minimizing damage and rather aims at maintaining and improving ecosystem sustainability. The KPIs give some sense of the ambition required here. 100% renewable energy and zero waste. We cannot continue the same practices that have, according to the WWF Living Planet Index, caused us to lose more than half of the populations of vertebrates on the planet since they began monitoring in 1970. Nor can we continue to gamble with the prospect of dangerous and perhaps catastrophic and irreversible climate change. CSR 2.0 is, at its core, clarification and reorientation of the purpose of business. It is a misnomer to believe that the purpose of business is to be profitable or to serve shareholders. These are simply means to an end. Ultimately, the purpose of business is to serve society through the provision of safe, high-quality products and services that enhance our well-being without the erosion of our ecological and community life support systems. The essence of CSR 2.0 is positive contribution to society, not as a marginal afterthought, but as a way of business.